As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. All right, hey everyone, welcome into another Sleeping with the Numbers podcast. Both Dylan and Pat here, and uh, you might notice a little different sound quality here, because we are both in person for the second time ever. So, that's nice to have Pat here, um, especially when we have to kick off the podcast with something not so fun. Uh, so, as probably everyone in the world knows right now about uh, the elementary school shooting here in Texas, we kind of felt it was right to kind of talk about it a little bit, um, not so much in detail about politics and stuff like that, but we are here in Texas. Pat is a teacher, and um, uh, on a personal level, my dad was in the Las Vegas shooting, so um, this shit hits a little different now. Um, so always a little worried there. And then, you know, now I, Pat, quite honestly, now I got to worry about you and stuff, you know, it's just something that we shouldn't have to deal with, um, as humans. So, uh, so I'm going to say what I told my team at work, um, which was, there's no right or wrong way to feel. Um, I've, I've learned this through years of, of talking about this stuff, um, Whatever you're feeling, if you're completely numb, that's fine. If you're pissed off, that's fine. If you're sad, that's all fine. Um, again, we as humans are not meant to deal with this sort of thing. Um, so, again, we're not going into it politic-wise or anything. Um, the fact is families were harmed for life, uh, not just the students and te- teachers that were uh, killed in this incident, but the survivors as well. Uh, they, those mental health problems will last a lifetime. Um, so what we kind of want to do here, the reason we're bringing this up is weird timing, but I, we were generating an app, um, called Fumble. Um, the app is a game kind of like Wordle where you go and you're going to guess a fancy football player. Um, the timing of this coming out and this shooting, um, you know, right around the same time. So what we're going to do is take uh, the first month of revenue here from this app, and that is going to go to um, children and their families to help their mental health issues, um, therapy, whatever they need. Um, hopefully uh, it, it gets used up, but that will be going there. Um, just something small that, that we can do here. Uh, Pat, I don't know if you have... Anything to say to add at all? Not really. I mean, I think for me, it's just speaking out when you see something weird. I think that we've entered a point in America where people are unwilling to take a stand and acknowledge when people issue red flags. And I think that that's really how we're going to stop this. But I agree that I think that the little things that we can do is what will eventually help, hopefully push us forward and help other people cope. So I agree that this is a great way to move forward with this. Anyways, appreciate you listening in. So today's episode, we are going to talk about um, another article that we recently put out. We put out an article, uh, top 12 fantasy quarterbacks going into draft season. And it's it's a really fun article, actually, because we ended up using SpongeBob, uh, gifts, quotes, all all the above, to... uh, connect to these players and we'll, we'll, we'll read them off here as, as we go through. But, um, 
take a look at the article. It is on our Medium site, and we now have a Medium publication called The Sports Dream, and we are looking for writers. So if you ever wanted to write for a sports publication, this is probably an easy foot in the door. Uh, our bar is probably pretty low. Uh, we are by no means professionals. So if you want to come write for us, please submit it to us. does not have to be football-related. Pat wrote a betting on soccer article recently. Uh, so if any sport you like, uh, go ahead and submit it to us. Request to be a writer and you know, get that going. There is a chance to earn some revenue via Medium. Um, the way that kind of works is if people who pay for Medium read these articles, um, it is not us paying you. It is Medium paying the writer. That's just kind of how their partner program works. But if you want to write for us, send us a message. We'll get you signed up, and we'll get you going. Coming in at spot number 12 is Tom Brady. I have him here at 8. Pat, you have him here at 13. Consensus overall, 12. Current ADP is the 13th round, 5th pick of that round. SpongeBob gift we got here is, uh, I love the young people, when uh, all the townspeople are rallying around to beat up this old man. Just uh, how many times they got to teach him that lesson. Tom Brady's kind of the same deal. Every team wants to beat Tom Brady because he's old. I don't think that's the reason why, but every, every team wants to beat Tom Brady. Um, I have him here at eight. He has done well since he's moved to Tampa Bay. Brady's fantasy points per game increased by about 28% his first year when he joined the Bucks because he was surrounded with massive talent. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, Rob Gronkowski. And all of those guys are coming back this year, except maybe Gronk. So the team is about the same. He's super consistent. Um, and he, he can have a ceiling, but the main part here with Brady is he is consistent. 59% of his games last season got over 20 points. 53% over 25. Um, only one bad game with 4.8 points. But that was during injuries, and you probably shouldn't have started him anyways. So Brady finished 2021 as the QB3 when he was drafted as the ninth quarterback off the board in the seventh round. And again, not a ton has changed. So if he is there in the 13th round, uh, I'm likely taking him. And honestly, you might even be able to get him as your second quarterback at that case. Um, so it, it's really up to you. But if you want a late-round quarterback, Brady, it seems like a great option to me. Yeah, for me, I think my concern is that Brady's age will eventually hit him, and I think that's what I'm betting on, as well as the fact that they didn't necessarily improve their offensive weapons. I don't see Russell Gage as an improvement over Gronk, and I don't necessarily know if Leonard Fournette will continue the success he's had as a running back. Um, I do think that maybe losing Ronald Jones, they may not consider it a complete loss, but he was very good when he played for Tampa Bay. So I think for me, I'm looking at it as I'm going off of what happens to most people when they get older. So that's really my only logic. However, he could be the number one passing quarterback again this year. Moving up to number 11, technically tied for 10. We have Matthew Stafford. I have him at 11. Pat has him at 9. He's our consensus tied for 10th quarterback going in the seventh round at the third pick. Again, not a lot of these later round guys are, are kind of the same. They're consistent. Um, but the, the upside really isn't there. Stafford doesn't rush a whole bunch, but he's going to get the touchdowns, especially his boy Cooper Cups there. They're going to keep having breakfast together. They're going to score touchdowns. He's a safe play, um, but 
for my personal taste, I, I like guys with a bit more upside. So I, I'm probably not taking him. And also drafting him in the seventh round seems early for me. So he probably won't end up on many of my teams. For me, he, he ended last season as the quarterback six, second most touchdowns. And we know that he has a good rapport with Cooper Cup. Assuming that Allen Robinson can match the production of Robert Woods, and in a previous article I met, I wrote that he can't. Based off of what we saw, Robert Woods was actually a better wide receiver last year than Allen Robinson. We're hoping that that changes. We don't know. My thing with the Rams is that they'll be in a division where they have to throw the ball a lot. Um, they don't have a great rushing attack as of now. Cam Akers may prove to be good, but for the most part, we're basing this off of the fact that Matt Stafford's going to throw a lot for them to be competitive, and I think that they have the offense to do that. So unlike Tom Brady, who's in a very similar situation, in terms of the offense, it hasn't really improved. I think Matt Stafford's good enough and young enough that I don't see a regression. That's why I'm going to put him a little bit higher than Tom. Fair enough. Gift we have here is the sweet, sweet victory. Yeah. The the episode that everyone wanted to be the Super Bowl halftime show, but it was not. We were fooled, and then fucking, I don't know who it was, Drake. Eminem. So a bunch of bums just come out. Um, but, Pat, Pat you, you were looking at that earlier. Who were the teams actually in that video? In the video, it was the Raiders and the Lions, which probably will never happen. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, years and years from now. SpongeBob is actually in the future. Um, not many people know that. Next quarterback here, tied for 10th here with Matthew Stafford, is Aaron Rodgers. I have him at 15, Pat. Has him at five. Uh, the gift we got here is from the SpongeBob movie. It is Mr. Krabs coming up to talk about the Krusty Krab 2. And he comes up and he says, hello, I like money. And so he's there, and that is exactly Aaron Rodgers. He got the big payday, but then everyone left him. And then, Pat, I really enjoy the quote you put here because um, I think it fits very well. If you want to read that. Up. Yeah, it's from Squidward, and <laughs> I forget exactly the scene, but it says, fortunately... I have enough talent for all of you. <laughs> and I, I think that's completely spot on. I I kind of feel like that might have been the scene. No, it wasn't because he was worried about that concert. He mm. wasn't confident. So I don't think it was that scene. I, I kind of thought it was the same one. But either way, um, Rogers, much like the guys we've already talked about, very, very consistent. Um, since 2008, he's averaging about 21.29 points a game, standard deviation of 2.52. Basically, all that means is he doesn't – stray too far from his average so he is safe now what happens without Devonte adams i'm not 100 percent sure pat has some insight here that i think is very uh useful but he's gonna end up a top whatever quarterback top eight maybe top 10 based on consistency he's not gonna end up winning you weeks with with very large uh boom games so uh, we'll stat here for that. Since 2019, Rodgers has only had 25 games with points higher than his average. So again, very well can finish in the top 12, but via consistency, not massive 30, 40 point games. Yeah, for me, I'm looking at the fact that without Devontae Adams, he ended with a passer rating of 112. He still had 24 touchdowns and three picks in 11 games. So that's over the course of his career, but to me that shows that he's capable of playing without Devontae Adams. Now, obviously, that makes him a better quarterback if he has an elite wide receiver. But Devontae Adams is, what, 28, 29? Like, eventually, yeah. it was, it's not going to matter. So we're hoping Christian Watson picks up. We're hoping Alan Lazard picks up. 
Or even Robert Tunyon has a better season than he did last year. We had four <laughs> great games, and then he didn't want to play football anymore. So for me, I'm looking at a guy who consistently finishes top 10 fantasy quarterback, and I'm banking on the fact that Aaron Rodgers has a vengeance this year. Because so many people hate him, I'm voting on the fact that he will outperform just to piss people off. And I do hope that happens. I, I need him to get another quarter uh, Super Bowl win before he retires. And I think that's what he's going for. Next guy at the list here, our consensus number nine quarterback. I have him at nine. Pat, you have him at ten. Is Dak Prescott? And this is my second favorite gift, I think, for for our article. So, in the article, there's a gif of Patrick dressed up as a cowboy. SpongeBob says, "Sorry, Patrick, because." They didn't need him there dressed up as a cowboy anymore. So he leaves, and I, you know, that might be what happens here with Dak here pretty soon. However, Dak has never finished outside of the top 12 when he has played 16 plus games. So really, you're banking on his health with this pick. Um, he also has the least amount of weapons since his early days with Dez and Cole Beasley, were his only guys to throw the ball to. Um, now he loses Amari Cooper, and CD Lamb steps up, hopefully. If C.D. Lamb can step up, I like Dak actually a lot more. The thing is, it's a big question mark right now. I don't know how Lamb is going to handle um, this wide receiver one role. So that remains to be seen. I think Dalton Schultz is actually going to have a big part in this offense. Um, but Dak also doesn't really have that rushing upside since his major injury. So I think Dak can say a top 12, top 10 quarterback. But, again, it is highly going to depend on his weapons. I think for me, Dak has always been the type of player who we want to do well. However, outside of 2019, he's always finished around 10th overall. He's kind of like the Derek Carr of the NFC. So, for me, what I'm looking at is the Cowboys didn't add anybody in free agency or, I guess, draft or anything, really, to support their wide receiver core. And really what I'm worried about is that it's just going to be the same story, different year for Dak. So for me, I, I don't really have anything else to say outside of the fact that unless something miraculous happens, it's going to be an above-average finish. And if you want to take Dak as somebody to draft, just to have him as like a low-ball, like consistent quarterback, go for it. And if not, then you're just, you have to accept that he's not going to have 40-point games very often. <laughs> and this is my favorite gift of the gift. Wow, I shouldn't say a gift. Uh, favorite gif of the article. It is for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> it is the episode where Plankton and Mr. Krabs switch roles, and Mr. Krabs essentially becomes Plankton trying to steal secret formula and all that stuff. Plankton's now Mr. Krabs, owner of the Krusty Krab. Uh, and they're like all worried about Mr. Krabs breaking in to steal the formula and all that. And he finally does. And when Plankton turns around, he is naked. And uh, good grief, he's naked is what Plankton says, which is, you know, not to make light of any of this, but uh, that's probably what a lot of people have said to Deshaun Watson. Good job, Cleveland, picking him up. Great move. I have him at 10. Pat has him at 7. Consensus 8. Right now, when I got this ADP, it was the 10th round. I see this moving lower and lower, though. And he's... So volatile for me. For a best ball league, I don't think there's any problem taking him because you don't have to worry about um, you know, when to start him and all that stuff. But the other main thing here, I believe a suspension is coming his way. Um, we're supposed to hear in the coming weeks that the NFL is going to make a decision or not. 
I'm thinking four to six game suspension. And if that's the case, that isn't great. So if you're going to take him, make sure to do it late. Um, I also have no idea what happens here because it sounds like the Browns are not planning on cutting Baker. They want to trade him, but no one's willing to pay that money. So I don't know what happens. Honestly, I think uh, the hard knock should be with the Browns. I think that would be very fun. Um, but either way, if you're taking Dak, get him late because he is either going to kill your team or rise it up. I think for me, Deshaun Watson's high risk, high reward, even when he was with the Texans, he was kind of that player where he would be the number one fantasy quarterback some weeks. In other weeks, he would not be existent. So I think regardless of how much he plays, you should probably have him stashed. Like you said, don't draft him super high. But I would take a risk on him because we know that in terms of fantasy quarterbacks, he was on a worse team in Houston. And he was more productive than most people. He's on a much better team now in Cleveland. Especially if you have a keeper league, which I mistakenly got rid of him several years ago. I should never have done that. He's obviously going to be a low-risk player to draft because no one trusts that he's going to play. Six games is not the end of the world. The majority of the time, that you can find another quarterback to hold on to you for six, six, six games. It's not that hard. Um, so I would definitely draft him in a reasonable spot and not worry about it at all. They also got him better weapons. Now, we recently talked about Dak losing Amari Cooper. He's going to the Browns. So And thank God David Njoku signed a new deal because oh, he man. can take all that money when he's on IR. <laughs> you have uh, some bad experiences there? No. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Next guy here, um, also likely a boom-bust candidate, but I have him up at number five. Pat, you have him at 11, consensus, seven. Currently, uh, his ADP is in the seventh round, sixth pick, and this is Jalen Hurts. So I have it here in the article. I I think Hurts is going to end up on a lot of my teams. He's like a Lamar Jackson with better weapons, and you can get him later. That is key for me. Lamar goes much earlier in these drafts. Um, arguably, he this is the latest he's gone in quite some time. But still, he's still going early, probably the quarterback two or three off the board in, in some leagues. Um, but I, I like Hurts. They went and got him weapons. I think the Eagles finally conceded that, um, hey, maybe we should actually give this guy a chance and stop trying to replace him. And they did that by going and getting A.J. Brown. So not only is Hurts going to be able to scramble around and get points rushing, he's also going to be able to chuck the ball deep to A.J. Brown, who is going to, much like Tyreek Hill did for um, Patrick Mahomes, his touchdown efficiency is going to go up. And then Devonta Smith is also there in his second season. So they have a a solid young core group of players here. Um, And I'm willing to take my shot on him. So you said that he was like Lamar Jackson. Let's do a little exercise. Boy. Is Jalen Hurts a good thrower? Ooh. You, you question yourself, so I'm going to take that as a Yeah, name. I'm probably probably not a great thrower. Is yes. Jalen Hurts a good runner? Yes. Does Jalen Hurts do pretty well at fantasy? Yeah, yeah. Does Jalen Hurts have any more than one good wide receiver available to him? Yes, he does. Who? Andrew uh, Brown? Devonta Smith. Is Devonta Smith proven, though? No. Okay. No, but if if 
Jamar Chase did not have the season he had last year, we'd be talking a lot more about Devonta Smith. Does Jalen Hurts have an above-average tight end? Yes. But is, it, is he as elite as Mark Andrews? No. Okay. They want him to be. Jalen no. Hurts <laughs> is Lamar Jackson. Jalen Hurts is not the franchise quarterback for the Eagles. So I'm not even going to give you the stats that I wrote in the article. You can read it for yourself. Here is my quote. This is from Squidward. I order the food. You cook the food. The customer gets the food. We do that for 40 years, and then we die. That's what Jalen Hurts is going to do when he's cut because the Eagles suck. We can move on to the next quarterback. That's fair. Uh, we'll also get to him, but Lamar also doesn't have a contract. So he might not be the franchise quarterback either for Baltimore. Is he going to be Tyler Huntley? That'd be wild. <laughs> That'd be sad. What if Lamar actually goes to like the Panthers or something and that leaves Baker off in the wilderness and he never comes back? I, I hope that happens so bad. Lamar could just go to Carolina and be Cam. Yeah. Next quarterback here, Joe Burrow. I, I like this. There's, all these gifts are great. It is um, the episode where SpongeBob's showing off all of his awards and everything, and Patrick doesn't have any. He's holding the trophy, and SpongeBob takes it away. He goes, but it's shiny. Uh, that's Joe Burrow. Uh, young man made it to the uh, Super Bowl, but lost. So currently, I have him at seven. Pat, you have him at six. Consensus is the six overall quarterback. And it's ADP, also in the sixth round. So there's some Satan vibes going on here. Uh, so maybe don't take them. <laughs> but but Joe Burrow and the crew, they look good um, to, to bounce back this season. Uh, another year with Jamar Chase. Obviously, Joe Burrow and Chase have a great rapport already. Um, I really like T. Higgins this season, honestly, as well. Tyler Boyd is also a great third wide receiver. Um, so with that, he's going to have a lot of efficiency because his wide receivers are fantastic. Um, the problem is they only put up the 20th most pass attempts per game last season. And the reason for this is their coach, Zach Taylor, doesn't seem to like being a risk taker. If they have the lead, he wants to coast. He wants to hand the ball off the mix of 20 times and run down that clock. However, like I said, because he has Chase Higgins, Boyd, they can break free for a touchdown at any time. So maybe he doesn't have to pass as much to get um, as many points, but it'll be interesting to see. For me, I think that Joe Burrow, we can only assume he's going to get better. And we know that he has one of the best receiving cores in the NFL, so... I think that the fact that they added Lael Collins and some other guys in free agency, it has to at least remain the same. So for me, I'm looking at a kid who is going to continue to get better. So I think he could potentially be top five. He's at least going to be top ten. So in terms of power ranking, I'm going off with the fact that the Bengals will be competitive again next year. And that's really all I'm going off of. There's, there's no signs of regression anytime soon. Do they win our division again? No, because someone I didn't include in the power rankings because you did not list his name will be Kenny Pickett. He will be the number one <laughs> fantasy quarterback. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that they have the best chance. I would probably put them, honestly, them in Cleveland, top two. Yikes. But Oh, that orange. Pittsburgh, 
Pittsburgh's too tough to base it off of because we don't know what's going to happen at the quarterback. And with Baltimore, we don't know what's going to happen in the running back. I think in reality, it, it's a very, very competitive division. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about this in our power rankings where the AFC West and the AFC North, those are tough divisions to play in. Um, Win-losses are probably going to be very um, scattered, but if they make it to the playoffs, they're, they're a tough team to beat, all of them. Lamar Jackson here, <laughs> the gift I got here is when SpongeBob's trying to rob a bank with Patrick and they just have socks on their head. He's facing the wrong way, screaming, put the money in the bag, put it in. That's Lamar right now negotiating his contract. Uh, not going well. He'll get paid. He'll absolutely get paid. Um, but he's not going to OTAs, and that's pretty much what everyone expected. I have him at four. Pat, you have him at eight. Consensus, five. Current ADP is in that fifth round. So, again, I, I, I say here, Lamar's tough for me to gauge. Um, rushing is absolutely incredible. Passing, a little scary. Now, he loses Hollywood Brown. 42.7% of Lamar's career pass attempts have been to either Mark Andrews or Hollywood. And now Hollywood is gone. So there's a lot of vacated targets. And I don't know where they go. I think a lot of people expect Bateman to kind of step up. And I, I don't know how much I believe that. But in order for Lamar to be fantasy relevant, he needs to just rush the ball. Um, passing alone may not get it done. I don't think you can pass the Mark Andrews enough to, to be able to end up in you know top 10 range. But it, Lamar being able to rush the way he does gives him a great floor. Um, and like I said earlier when talking about Jalen Hurts, this is the cheapest he has been since his rookie year. So I'm willing to take a shot on Lamar here in the fifth round if he if he drops to me. And that's interesting for me to say because I normally do not draft a quarterback that early. I'm, I'm looking for wide receivers probably that round. So um, if he makes it there, I have to think hard about not taking it. For me, I think my concern is not having a good running back. I think that with Lamar focused as the number one running back of the team, which is what he kind of is until Dobbins comes back, it makes me worry that he's not going to be able to throw the ball at all because he's going to be put in a lot of positions the same way Jalen Hurts was last year. So, again, my comparison between him and Jalen Hurts remains the same. It's yeah. Jalen Hurts is now the guy up on the up, and I think Lamar might come back down. He only averaged 20 points a game, which is in the same realm as Dak Prescott. Yeah. So Lamar had a great season. He also had a good team. I don't think the Ravens are going to be that good this year. Unless something happens where that all changes, and Devin DuVernay and Rashad Bateman and all these guys become fantastic plays. Now, I had to do some type of witchcraft to keep Mark Andrews on my team because you're a horrible commissioner. Because we play a keeper league where you basically sacrifice a pick of what that person's value is, plus one. Mm-hmm. to keep Claire in because I had <laughs> extra force or extra thirds, whatever it was, I had to sacrifice an additional pick because somebody can't do math. <laughs> so I think Mark Andrews is going to have a great season. I don't know if Lamar Jackson will because of the fact that I have no idea what his receiver course is going to look like. I don't know what the running back room is going to look like. So he'll be good. I would totally take him if he was on my team, but he's not my top pick. One thing you always hear about Lamar and Baltimore in general is it's a small pie. But Mark Andrews gets most of that pie. I think they call it crab cakes there. 
crack the, That's <laughs> throw, why it's small. throw some old bay on it. All right, next guy up here, we have you know number one potential guys. Uh, starting with our consensus number four, I have him at six. Pat, you have him at four. Uh, the give here is Patrick rolling up to his rock, coming home with some ice cream, and there's a bunch of eyes under his rock. He goes, who are you people? Uh, that's Patrick Mahomes right now. He lost his buddy Tyreek, and they loaded him with a bunch of mediocre wide receivers. Uh, current ADP, third round. Not a chance on touching that. Um, if you were in a keeper league and you have Mahomes right now and you can still keep him, maybe that's the right move. Um, but I will not be paying up for Patrick Mahomes here. Um, I have some stats here for games he played with Tyreek and without. And it, it's a little shaky because there weren't that many games. Very small sample size. Only five games Mahomes has pay, played without Tyreek. So with Tyreek, he gets... 297 passing yards a game without Tyreek. This is very fluky. Uh, he has 347.4 yards per game. And I lo- I'm like, why the hell is that the case? I looked it up. This was a game where uh, Michael Hardman put up like 175 yards and two touchdowns. And Kelsey also put up like 110. Uh, so very unlikely to happen again. What I like to focus on here is the touchdowns per game. In the touchdown rate. With Tyreek, it is 2.47 touchdowns a game without 1.6. The touchdown rate with Tyreek is 6.7%. Without is 4.1%. Those are pretty big drops without Tyreek. And and it's really about efficiency. So maybe, Pat, it comes down to um, like what we you said with Rodgers, where he has to throw more. He has to get more work in. Um, because he can't be as efficient. I think that's kind of the same case here with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and maybe the, the key thing here is the fantasy points per game. So even though yards go up, yards aren't worth nearly as many points as a touchdown. His fantasy points per game with Tyreek, 23.24, without 21.68. Now, again, I still have him up here as um, I ranked him at six. And he ends up as our fourth on the consensus. By no means is – I don't see really any path where Mahomes doesn't finish in the top 12. Um, I just think it's going to be pretty shaky to get there. Yeah, for me, I think that Mahomes is consistent enough that I'm not entirely worried about Tyreek leaving. It's sort of the same deal that I have with Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I'm assuming that one of those guys will – Pick up the pace, whether it's Sky Moore or Juju or MVS. Maybe it's Josh Gordon. Maybe it's <laughs> Ronald Jones. We have no idea what's going to happen. However, I'm concerned about their schedule, so I think that Mahomes might be a good candidate early on to buy low on. I think people are going to draft him high. He's not going to do super well. You might be able to trade for him, and then it might end up being well worth it because – in reality, it looks like week 10 is going to be the beginning of them having a, a downward spiral unless the complete realm of the league in terms of priority and power switches, right? Uh, that's when they play Jacksonville. They should have a very <laughs> easy time with that game. So for me, I'm looking – I look at players like Ronald Jones and Juju. Like, do, do you remember when Juju was actually good for the Steelers? Because I kind of do, and while I'm pulling up the stats – I mean, there was a point in time he had 1,400 yards and seven touchdowns. He could easily do that. Ben was not a good quarterback. 
I don't think Juju's that bad. Juju might end up being the number one wide receiver. If they use Juju in the slot like he should be used and they have someone else kind of take the top off the defense, I agree. He's a big threat. Um, we haven't been able to do that with him recently, maybe because of injuries or whatever, but you, you did see that shift once AB left, left that Juju's not a, not a one. He's not a guy to run go routes and go up and grab the ball. He needs those short routes. Um, so m- maybe for PPR, he ends up being very, very good, and he can take one to the house. He's still pretty young. Um, it's it just we need to see it again because it's been quite a bit. Next guy here, we have Kyler Murray. Uh, threes across the board. I have him at three. Pat has him at three. Consensus three. ADP in the fourth round. Um, I had Kyler in my keeper league for the past two years, and I actually just traded him for Devontae Adams, which I wish I'd haven't, I, uh, I hadn't done now. But either way, I, we, it's no secret that Pat and I are fans of the Cardinals here. I think... I think we seem to like the Cardinals and the Chargers, we, and we seem to be touting them up quite a bit. Um, but when he's healthy, his rushing ability is a fantastic floor and adds to that ceiling. He's never finished outside the top 10 quarterbacks in his career, and his lowest finish was the QB 10 this past season. And again, he was playing injured for a lot of that, so he couldn't rush, and he lost his guy DeAndre Hopkins, which... Uh, is going to happen again this season. Six games without Hopkins. But they brought in Hollywood. So if Hollywood's able to kind of take that spot, which, you know, I, I think he can. I, he showed enough in Baltimore that he has the talent. He just never really had the quarterback. So I think Kyler is a better passing quarterback than Lamar. So I think um, uh, Hollywood is able to get it done on the field. But... Much like you said, Pat, about trading late for Mahomes, I think the same can be said about Kyler. Because Kyler is going to go, you know, quarterback two, three off the board here. Um, but once Hopkins is back, that's when I'm trying to get him. And comparison-wise, kind of like we did with Tyreek, Kyler has averaged 18.6 points per game, which is 22.8% less than the games he plays with Hopkins. He gets 24 0.1 points per game when playing with Hopkins. So that's a massive, massive gap. Um, so if that ends up being the case and Kyler ends up being shit for the first, you know, four or five weeks, take a shot on him. I bet you can get him cheaper than you would drafting him. And he might be able to skyrocket from there once uh, Hopkins gets back. I don't think it matters if Hopkins comes back because I'm going to call it now. Kyler Murray, Hollywood Brown is going to be the number one group of stack that people are going to try to draft. Okay. It might happen because how much? What, without looking at the article, which you may have already read it, and I did. defeats the purpose. I didn't look. <laughs> Kyler Murray led the league last year in deep ball completion percentage. What do you think that number was? 50%. 50% of his deep balls were completed. Wow. What is Hollywood Brown known for? <laughs> The only thing he's known for, yeah. <laughs> I rest my case. So my quote That's is directed towards DeAndre Hopkins because he kind of screwed over Kyler because DeAndre has been very good. Mm-hmm. And it's SpongeBob saying, if I were to die right now in a fire explosion due to the carelessness of a friend, then it would be just all right. And this one, he is purchasing <laughs> a pie 
from uh, the pirates. That's right. And then he ends up just blowing bubbles, and they're blowing up. <laughs> uh, just to kind of kick off that, do we know what the average deep ball percentage is? Oh, no, but I can look that up while you're talking. Cool. Yeah, because I'm curious there. Because I said such a low number, and <laughs> I thought it was different. All right, going into our favorite guys here, the top two. Number two, Justin Herbert. I have uh, SpongeBob riding on a seahorse with long, luscious hair, much like Justin Herbert has. But until he got a haircut, get get that hair back. Um, Herbert also got big this season. Apparently, he's two forty five. He's a massive dude this season. Um, it, it it's scary. I ended up when I wrote this article. I haven't. I didn't get to my pick yet. But I was uh, deciding to target Justin Herbert over Josh Allen, and I did just that. I took Justin Herbert. Um, I think his longevity might be a little bit more just because of the style of play. Um, but as you can probably guess here, Josh Allen's going to end up as our number one quarterback. Uh, but Justin Herbert, Pat and I both have, have him at two, consensus two. Current ADP is in the fourth round. That's pretty consistent with what I've been seeing in my uh, in my drafts right now, uh, much earlier in, in the dynasty drafts. So Herbert, second in points per game. Only played two seasons, so again, small sample size. Got a fantastic opportunity after that doctor stabbed Tyrod in the heart or lungs, whatever it was. Gave him his opportunity, had a fantastic rookie season, and then ended up as the QB2 in his sophomore year. Not only that, the Chargers continue to improve on offense. They're building out that offensive line to get him some more uh, some more protection. They bring back Mike Williams, who had a really good start last season. Um, so he's going to have a lot more time to pass, and he's going to be a problem for the AFC West for years to come. Yeah, for me, I'm looking at the fact that I'm, I'm hoping that Justin Herbert moves forward. He was second last year in passing yards. He did a really good job. He was fifth highest deep ball completion percentage of 43.7%. So I'm assuming that that's going to continue. I don't think that the Chargers are going to digress anytime soon. And I'm also assuming that Austin Eckler remains healthy in this ranking. So for me, they I don't think it's that funny. I don't know what they're <laughs> yeah, laughing at. I don't at. think it's hilarious. If you can't hear, there's people laughing in the background because we are comedians. We are very popular. <laughs> my whole entire point is I think that Justin Herbert is in the same ballpark as some of these other younger wide receivers where I'm basing off of the fact that I'm expecting improvement and last year he did very very well now looking at deep ball completion percentage yes. I cannot find the stat that I found this article for however what I can tell you is that from stat moves stat moves stat moves <laughs> actually technically according to them Joe Burrow had a 70.4% deep oh, ball completion Kyle Murray had a 69.2 but I don't know what I was looking at there it said 50% so maybe I'm confused maybe I don't know how to read numbers not really entirely sure maybe it was for overall and this is for last year it could possibly be that regardless Kyler Murray was number two in this step I'm not completely worried about the fact that Kyler Murray can't throw deep balls because we've watched his highlights we know that it's possible we know that he's an explosive quarterback but going to Justin Herbert He's really good. He's going to be the guy that you're going to throw in there. Like, I'm expecting top five games every time. So I'm not worried about him at all. There's no reason for regression, especially with them drafting Zion. I think that they can only get better. 
And finally, at number one, ranked number one by Pat, myself, and the consensus, because we are the consensus, Josh Allen. He is Smitty, Werman Jagerman Jensen. He was and is number one. Um, there, This should be pretty easy. Uh, I don't think anyone should really have expected anything else. Uh, since coming into the league in 2018, he has scored 21.23 fantasy points per game, which is fourth behind Mahomes, Herbert, and Deshaun Watson. So, again, you're probably like, hey, wait a minute. Why is he ranked above all these guys? And it really has to do with trust. Out of those guys, Josh Allen is the one I trust the most. Um, Mahomes, we talked about him earlier. little bit of change coming to his life. Uh, Justin Herbert, we just talked about him. And like I said, I'm very on the fence between Herbert and, and Allen. I ended up taking Allen in my dynasty startup, um, probably mostly because of age. And then Deshaun Watson, of course, we're not taking him as the number one overall quarterback because he will likely be missing six games. He's on the Browns. New situation. Hasn't played football in pretty much two years. Uh, January 3rd, 2021, to be exact. Um, so, Again, it, it's it's a tough to trust any of those other uh, other guys. So keep it simple. Taking Josh Allen number one overall because not only does he have the rushing ability and the will to run, which you may think, well, yeah, that, of course he does. Not every team lets their quarterback do that. Sean McDermott lets Josh Allen run free in the red zone, ten zone. They let him run that ball and get touchdowns, which. A lot of rushing-type quarterbacks don't always do. They can maybe get the yards, but once they get towards the end zone, they might not be scoring as much. Josh Allen is not that guy. He's going to get the touchdowns, and he has some wide receivers around him to get some passing yards. Uh, they extended Diggs, which is huge. Once Diggs came onto the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen's accuracy went up tremendously, and that was always the biggest stat that people faulted him on. When he was drafted, they're like, oh, he's not a good passer. He's inaccurate. He's completely changed his game to become the best all-around quarterback, not just in the NFL, but, of course, in fantasy as well. I think for me, we've seen that Josh Allen remains to be a top-tier quarterback. He ended last season with the second-highest air yards per game. And on all honesty, there's no reason to expect regression. Again, it's the same thing with Justin Herbert. The Bills have only gotten better. I have no idea what James Cook is going to do to the Bills' running back core, but I don't think it's going to matter. Yeah, he's he has to be better than Zach Moss. What did Zach <laughs> Moss even do? He got benched a lot. Yes. So for <laughs> me, at some point, Josh Allen has to take over. We've seen a a consistent improvement year in and year out with him, and he's the guy who some games you play him and he gets you ten points. Some games he gets fifty. You have no idea what's going to happen, but. In terms of power ranking, I'm looking at the guy who is number one. Like, if I could pick anybody, I'm going to put money on Josh Allen because he might get me 50. He might win the game for me. Yeah. That's what I'm banking on. Now, is he as consistent as Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Justin Herbert? Probably not. But that is the risk that you get. And just because there's a team out there that's number one doesn't mean that they can't have a pooper every once in a while. So I think that the Bills are a Super Bowl contender. Who knows if it's going to happen, but I think that Josh Allen will continue to be a top three. So that'll do it for our rankings here. Just to go through them again, Josh Allen, one, Justin Herbert, two, Kyler Murray, three, Patrick Mahomes, four, 
Lamar Jackson, five. Joe Burrow, six. Jalen Hurts, seventh. Deshaun Watson, eighth. Dak Prescott at ninth. Tied for tenth, we have Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford. And then twelfth, Tom Brady. So thanks for listening in. Uh, if you want to follow us, check us out on Twitter at Sleeping With The Numbers. Uh, you can also follow us on anywhere they have podcasts at Sleeping With The Numbers Podcast. Or simply just go to anchor.fm slash SWTN, and that will give you all of the links to the podcast platforms that we use. Check us out on YouTube. We are on YouTube at Sleeping With The Numbers. Real easy. Just pretty much search that anywhere. Uh, we also have that app coming out, Fumble, which is pretty much fantasy football wordle, where you're going to guess a fantasy player, get some feedback on it, and it will tell you, hey, no, the correct player is actually has more fantasy points and stuff like that. And the really important thing to remember there, first month of revenue is going to um, the shooting victims here in Texas. Um, also want to remind you, Monkey Knife Fight never ends. There's always time to prop bet. Uh, NHL playoffs still going on, NBA playoffs still going on. I believe they just are about to hit the finals for the NBA playoffs. But you can do prop betting on that, golf, League of Legends, really anything using Monkey Knife Fight. Use our sign-up link in the description and get your first deposit matched instantly up to $100. And if you want to give yourself a treat for your dog because you realize that you're not good at gambling, however you want to make sure that your dog's happy, <laughs> May's theme, well, I guess May is almost over. It was boots and scoops. I don't even know what that means, but that's fantastic. Dogs <laughs> love it because you can get puppy toys, normal dog toys, strong dog toys. BarkBox makes everything imaginable. They also have Super Chewer, Bright, and Eats, which is a food service that they've created. So BarkBox has everything possible to satisfy your dog's cravings. So I highly recommend it. I've used it on my dog, and I can tell you that it's high-quality stuff. And you will not regret checking it out. So click our link below and you can get a discount. I believe it's one free box. Thank you and we'll see you next time.